0: Welcome everybody back to the Drama Graduate Podcast. Dara here, your host for the next hour, I'd say. Good hour. Well, actually, no, maybe 10 minutes less. Uh, right now, looking at it, it's about 45 minutes. So it could be longer. Who knows? You know, I'm taking into account, you know, your own little pee breaks and stuff and stuff that, you know, if you get interrupted. Um, so yes, welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you very much for clicking on. Your time is very much appreciated. Your listenership. That's my new word Is very much appreciated And we're very excited I, say, I always say we as if it's a team It's actually just me um, Well actually no It isn't just me it's, it's also the wonderful people who I get to interview And who very lovingly give up their time To let me ramble on to them about drama training um, So yes We all are very appreciative of your time To take it out of your day and listen to us um, if you do enjoy the podcast, as ever, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and a good review. Um, if you haven't done that already, if you could spare the minute it might take, um, it would be enormously appreciated. Um, and if you can't, if you, if you don't have that time, that's totally fine. But, but you can always just, you know, give us a share on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social socio? social media platform you tend to be using yourself. Um, and that would be very much appreciated For now though, just I'll shut up and um, will this side me will shut up The other side will pick over a minute Or a few seconds And uh, yeah, just enjoy the show um, So yeah, let's just Right off the bat get going um, So I have this thing that I start off all the interviews the same way Where I say um, uh, This week on the Drama Graduate Podcast We have, and then you have to say your name so it's, so yeah, so this week on the Drama Graduate Podcast, we have...
1: Uh, Witt Tarantino. Fantastic.
0: Cheers, Witt, for coming on. Um, So we're just going to get it going nice and simple. If you could tell us, Witt, your very first uh, experience of acting and track that journey all the way to your first experience at drama school.
1: Ahaha. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so my first experience with acting was when I was four years old, and um, my mother is an actor as well, she's like a semi-professional actor doing odd jobs, not her main line of work, mm. but she was in a production of A Christmas Carol um, at our local professional theater in Maine, where I grew up, and um, she was just in the ensemble doing that kind of thing, And I was four, and I wasn't in school, and she didn't want to put me in a daycare all the time. Yeah. So when she couldn't get anybody to watch me, she would just bring me to rehearsals, because I was a really, like... I was really quiet, shy kid who just sat in the corner and listened all the time. Like, I was very, you know, (laughs) quiet and (laughs) well-behaved. So she would take me to rehearsals all the time, and so I just watched a bunch of, like, rehearsals of a professional play when I was four. And then one day we were driving home and I was in the back seat, my little car seat and I started spouting off the prologue to the play that they were rehearsing. And
0: I like went through the whole thing and it's like dark (laughs) prologue. I was just, I was giving it everything.
1: And she was like, Oh, okay. um, (laughs) Weird and and into it. So the next year, um, I was in the play, did Christmas carol every year. And I was Tiny Tim for years and did other like child roles. And kind of from
0: that, I just kept acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I did a lot
1: of child acting in theater, in different theaters in Maine. Um, I worked with like my shitty elementary school plays, all that (laughs) kind of thing. All the good stuff. Church plays, all that stuff. Um, Then we moved, we moved from Maine to Rhode Island. And I kept doing stuff there. I was involved in community theater. I did children's theater. I worked with this small theater that only focused on contemporary work. Um, I worked with them for several years when I was like 15 and they were kind of the most influential institution I found in like accelerating my own education. They just gave me a lot of opportunities to like explore what I wanted to be as an actor and an artist. And while I was there, I had the realization that that's what I wanted to do
0: professionally. Mm. Um, but I also knew I
1: needed a lot more training if I wanted to be a professional. Yeah. Not that like you have to have training to be a professional, but I knew that for me, that's what I wanted and needed in order to have a career. Yeah. So I left Rhode Island, went to a boarding school called Walnut Hill School of the Arts. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, I took their classes it was very musical theatre based which like is not my vibe yeah and a lot of that wasn't as helpful but um it was just nice to have a place to explore all that so freely
0: I suppose that was there, was that I think that was good as well I think in terms of figuring out what you didn't want to do was that because was that your first experience of musical theatre that you were and then you kind of was like oh actually no that, that's not for me
1: well, I had been doing a lot of musical theater. Like, musical theater was my main source of acting from when I was, like, 12 until about 16. I was in at least two or three musicals a year. You too, yeah. And um, you could probably tell by my, like, raspy voice. <laughs> I don't have the most beautiful American <laughs> nasal musical theater voice. Yeah. But I I dance. Yeah. So I was always, like, in the dance chorus and doing that kind of thing, even though I had no dance training. Um, but I was just, you know willing to do it so i did a lot of musical theater then i got to walnut hill and i realized it wasn't for me <laughs> and it what, what made me happy in theater what made me happy in theater was straight theater and straight acting and, and that kind of thing yeah um which is where i fully decided i i always wanted to go to england to train hmm. so i did the auditions while i was at walnut hill for all those big schools and i got into the rada foundation and i was like oh great <laughs> Finally, a place that is dedicated to just acting instead of like musical theater, which is great, has its place, but not for me. For
0: you, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and then I got to Rada. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, that was my first experience with a drama school. Yes. And it wasn't... For me, the most positive experience. Okay. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. I think there's something about a foundation. You were on a foundation as well, like you understand. A foundation is a very specific environment that isn't the same as like the BA acting environment because there's this added pressure of I'm only here for a year, and at the end of this year, the people that are teaching me are going to assess my ability to be in their school. Yeah. So it feels like you're constantly auditioning every day you're in the room. Mm. And on top of that, there's this feeling that your fellow classmates are also your fellow competitors.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: If that makes sense. Even mm. though we're all like, oh, we're good friends. It's all great. It's wonderful. There is this underlying like, but we are all fighting for the same spots.
0: Totally, yeah. Well, I think mean, that's, that's such a, I think like, you're right. I think like, oh yeah, we're all classmates and. We all like, and you, you might not always get on with people who are in your course, but like at the end of the day, you're still, as you said, vying for that spot because you all want to go on, you all want to progress, like. Um, so okay. you know,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, I was at RADA. I was there, um, pretty standard, just taking all the like acting technique classes, just jamming as much information into the six months of a foundation as they could. Um, and I, I- got to the end of that and didn't want to be an actor anymore at the end of it, really, yeah, like during those six months, especially at the end, I was like, you know what, maybe acting as a whole just isn't for me, um
0: and was that for was that because of the course, or was it oh
1: yeah no, um, I think it was a bit, it was a mix of a lot of things, yeah, it was partially actor training at RADA wasn't what I thought actor training was going to be
0: mm.
1: entirely. Um, and then there's also a lot of, like, I just didn't like the person that I was seeing myself being yeah. in RADA. I didn't like that competitive side. I didn't like that negativity. Um, I didn't like how angry I was every day going in um, to that building. So I really... I just thought that acting was making me not into a great person. So I was like, maybe this isn't what I should do in my life. If I'm not happy as a person, it doesn't matter if my art's getting better, or if I'm being fulfilled there, I'm not happy outside of my profession.
0: Totally, yeah.
1: Um, so I was like, you know what, action's not for me. But before I had decided acting wasn't for me, I had already paid all of my audition fees <laughs> to all these schools <laughs> that I had like, applied for. So yeah. I was like, well... I kind of have to do these. Um, And I did, I did. I auditioned for like every school in England. I was like, I'll just do a blanket, everything. Mm. Um, And one of them was the Lear, which had been recommended to me by people at RADA. Um, Teachers I really trusted, especially our movement teacher there, Katya. She was very vocal about like, Hey, I think that's a better environment for you. I think it's more the kind of theater education that you're looking for. Yeah. And I really respected her. Even though I knew nothing about the Lear, I was like, oh, okay. Mm. If this professional's telling me this, I'll listen to it and try it out. So I did. Um, Rada came, oh, the Lear rather, sorry, the Lear came to Rada for the audition. So I just left class for 30 minutes, auditioned, and came back. And that was my first round and it was abysmal i had a terrible first round really so bad i do you know how they have like a list of like monologues not to do
0: yes 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 yes, yes.
1: yeah i did one of them
0: oh no Wait.
1: Yes. <laughs> i didn't read the list because i was like i don't care i don't yeah, want to do yeah, yeah. it i'll do whatever monologue i've working on in class he was one of the ones that was like you can't do that but i did it um <laughs> And they bought it, I guess, or they, at least they thought it was
0: a good enough a, try. Possibly, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: then I did all that. Eventually, got
0: in. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like everybody has their like audition horror story. I remember my first one. I was seventeen, and I walked in, and do you know the way you you have to fill out that form. I don't know if they did the same around it, but you have to fill out the form, and then when you come in, you hand it in to Lachlan and whoever's there. I came yeah. in, and uh, they Lachlan, like, extended his hand out to me like that. And I came in, this a 17-year-old little shit from Cork. I just came in with my sheet, and I was like, oh. And I, like, went to shake his hand. And he, like, shook my hand, and, like, he was so polite about it. But he just kind of went like, uh, yeah, you're there, Dara. And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally, uh, and then I went up to do my piece, and I was like, oh, no, I haven't gotten in. It's shit. Um, and then how did you find the transference then from your experience at the foundation and Radha to the BA at the Lear then, how did you?
1: Oh, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So once I got into the Lear, I was still of the mindset that I didn't want to go to actor training. Okay. So I, I got the phone call from Loughlin being like, you got the place. And I was like, um, <laughs> I think my phone call story is a little bit less, uh, pop, I guess <laughs> exciting than everybody else is because I had just, I had flown back to America that day. Um, the day after the auditions at the Lear, yes. I flew back to America after having lived in London for seven, eight months. And it was like seven in the morning and I was passed out of sleep when I got the phone call. So I got the phone call and it's locked in and Deegan going, wait, you've gotten the place. Like, we're so excited to tell you and announce and blah, 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 blah. And all I said was, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just like, oh, cool. <laughs> And he was like, um, you have time to decide if you want to take the place, but we we're wondering like what your immediate, like, do you think you'll be taking the place or not? And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I, I'll have to give it some thought. Like, I, maybe, it, what's, what's the date that we have to decide by? And he told me, and I was like, cool. And then I didn't think about it until that date. He <laughs> was like, good day? And I was like, I guess I should just be in and take the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um and did and then came here and when i got here i was still on that mindset that i had been on in my foundation yeah i was still in that like like way too competitive way too um i'm not here to make friends like that's my attitude is like i'm here to train i'm not here to make friends i'm only here to improve Mm -hmm. and become the best actor I can be um while also dealing with the like do I even want to be an actor yeah. in my first term? And the first term was really hard for me. Okay. Um, I found the first term, everyone's always like, this is the hardest term, or this was the term where I like struggled the most. For me, one of the hardest was definitely that first term. And it's not because of the, the leader or the education. It's because I was dealing with all those questions of myself of like, what do I want? Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally, yeah. uh, and ultimately, at the end of first term, I decided that what I wanted wasn't training and I was going to drop out. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was fully going to drop out. I had like drafted emails. I had started applications to other colleges, some acting school, some not acting school, just being like, you know what, I'm going to take a year out and tr- see what I really want. Um. Yeah.
0: And you obviously didn't.
1: (laughs) And I obviously didn't, because here I am in third year. I'm back. (laughs) Um. And I don't know why I came back. I think it was I was at home over the Christmas break, and my mom was like, "Hey, I'm I'm booking your flights to get back to Ireland," and I was like, "Oh, don't do that. I don't think I'm going to go." And she was like, "What?" (laughs) And I was like, "Yeah, I'm 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 out." And then she was like. Just go. Just go back to Ireland. You don't have to go back to the Lear, but you already have a visa. Go back to Ireland and just like sit with your thoughts yeah. and really think about if that's what you really want. Um, so I came back to Ireland, and either because I had some um, revelation or because I was just too lazy to actually commit to dropping out, I ended up just back in the Lear, <laughs> going back to classes, and <laughs> eventually, like you know what? I like this. Like, yeah, I can do. This. This is nice. I'll do
0: this. <laughs> that's good though. I think that's because I, I feel like, um, I think there's so many stories you hear about people who nearly drop out and then they have a moment of like enlightenment where they go like, no, like this. I feel like it's good to hear a story where you were just like, you had to back and I was like, I'll try it again. And then eventually, because it's so, because it's such a hard thing. And I think it's, you're going to have to allow that maybe time is what you need to really feel settled into it. I think.
1: Absolutely. Do you know? Absolutely and like i think in first year there's such an emphasis on especially in like our movement classes of like who are you who am i yeah and i think ultimately that was the thing that kept bringing me back because that was the question i was having with myself about being an actor it was like who am i yeah and the fact that the institution was being like yeah 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 who are you that (laughs) excited me and i was like bare minimum if i don't become an actor at the end at least maybe know who i am
0: yeah exactly <laughs>
1: there's
0: a there's this thing that um david horn said to me to to our, to my class in first year and he's like you you come to drama school and you think that all your uh, problems are going to be solved and then you arrive yeah. and you're like jesus christ obviously that was sort of something for you that you wrestled with a lot in your first term um and then going beyond that in it, like in terms of the work side of things and being an actor, how did you feel in relation to that quote? Like the the sense of imposter syndrome, was that big for you coming in or?
1: Oh, it was massive. Not when I first came in. (laughs) When I first came in, I was like, yeah, well I got in, so I meant to be here, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But slowly as I started to like, once I got rid of those walls of not even wanting to be an actor, when I really, committed to wanting to be there
0: that's when the imposter syndrome came in Mm, for me that's when i was like oh no now i have to actually commit to this yeah
1: and i'm gonna fail so much i don't have the like i don't even want to be here anyway excuse anymore (laughs) because now i've I've proven to myself that i actually do want to be here yeah so there's no excuses um yeah and then the imposter syndrome hit very hard especially in second year i think it was the most imposter syndrome a year hmm. because now they're like you're partially trained and we want to start seeing professional level work out of you
0: yeah oh yeah
1: it's just like i can't i can't deliver that yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not a real actor <laughs> <laughs> like, like i don't know how to do that i don't yeah. know how to act like I've learned things, but I
0: don't know if I've gotten better. Yeah, 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 completely. I felt the exact same way. I felt like I kind of looked back at my first year, and I was like, "You, were, I was like, Dara, you were kind of a cunt for most of your first year." I was like, "Look, like looking back, I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, I think, I, I think, I, I think what it was, I think I was definitely hanging on to that sense of, all right, I'm a year away before the rest of the school can see me. I'm two years away from yeah. when the public have to see me. I can just yeah. like this is completely a, a, the environment for me I there's no pressure I can just fuck about and fail and I think then once cuz I think once you do the showings then in second year for the rest of the school you're kind of like oh yeah that's like yeah this is just what's happening now but there definitely is that sense of you know you're getting closer to that place of your your face going up on the wall and you're like fuck 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 and like it just it just becomes real because I think when you're in first year you've got so many people to look up to in terms of like the second years and third years And then when you're in second year, you're like, it's just the third year is now to look up to. And now people are like looking at our year, kind of going like, okay, so what have they they learned, you know? And like, how are they better actors for for the training? Um, And did you ever feel then, because I think, because you were 20, what age were you when you came to the BA? You were 21? Is that right? I
1: was 20.
0: You were 20? Yes. Did, Did you ever feel, but I suppose you did the foundation, like, did you feel that then... Because I always think it gets mad about people who do degrees before coming to a drama training. They always have, I always, I'm always fascinated. Do they have a certain sense of belonging or kind of purpose about them? Because they've had those years um, in regular education. Because, you know, drama school is not regular education. Did you feel then that you were kind of a bit more prepared coming in? Just in terms of the training going forward because of... you're you're in the foundation and just coming in a bit having done another diploma course do you ever feel that you were a bit more placed in at any time during the training or is it
1: yeah no i definitely felt like it really helped especially in those first few months where i was grappling so much with like my own inner demons and dialogue having that foundation was really helpful because I don't think I was learning as much in those first few months because I wasn't committed. Yeah. But I had learned so much from foundation that I didn't fall too far behind that I was incapable of getting back on the bandwagon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm sure if I had committed from the start, it would have given me some kind of like, feeling of being able to be there. But I think all it really gave me was like, not falling behind
0: Yeah. in
1: the times where I wasn't committed, which was helpful
0: i think and is there a moment do you think for you that you would pick as a defining moment in your training just a moment where you kind of felt everything kind of clicking in and you were like jesus like this is actually starting to things are starting to shift into place for you
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> i do I, I i do um and it was in first year when we have to do shakespeare monologues mm for Hilary Wood, Um, like, that's our big, like, ooh. Um, And I am not always the biggest fan of Shakespeare or the classics, Mm -hmm. which I know is blasphemous to say as an (laughs) actor. Um, I think they're wonderful for education. I think they're fantastic. I think it's really important to study, but I personally could go the rest of my life without seeing a Shakespeare on stage. Personally,
0: yeah, that's
1: fair. I understand the counter arguments. It's just my own like taste, so I'm not a fan of Shakespeare.
0: Mm.
1: Um But we have to do Shakespeare, and so I was like, okay. Um And I'm I'm a bit of a little
0: rebellious shit, <laughs> even in unnecessary times. There's no need to be. Yeah. I just like
1: to be the little like, blah, yeah, little, yeah, like shit right in the corner, being like, I'm gonna break the rules. For yeah, no yeah, yeah. Um, and so I came in and Hilary was like, what monologue are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing Amelia from Othello. Um, and up until this point, actually, okay. I auditioned almost exclusively with female pieces yeah. when I was auditioning for the Lear. And that was totally fine. And Hilary was into it and she thought it was great. And then here I was again being like, I'm doing a female piece. And, and she was like, okay, you can do that female piece but i also want you to have to do a different piece a second piece that is the exact opposite Mm. and she's like because i just want to make sure that you are we haven't seen that from you so i want to make sure you can do it and whenever somebody says like or even implies like i don't know if you can do this thing Mm. that to me (laughs) is the biggest motivator for me to just like Excel, like, yeah. like, fuck me! Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was like, I'll do. Uh, I think I did like a Prince Henry speech. Um, one of those <laughs> ones. <laughs> one of those ones. It was the one where it's like it's him on the floor, like asking God to forgive his father's sins so they can win the battle tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that
1: one. So I was like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna show her. And so I worked really hard on it, harder than I ever worked on a Shakespeare up And um, I got up there and I did it. And the driving factor had been to prove her wrong. Mm. And when I finished, she just did like her very Hillary, like, yes, there it is. (laughs) Now we're seeing it. And I had this moment of feeling duped because I wanted her to be like mad that I was good at it or yeah. mad that I was able to do it. But instead she was like, Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> it's so nice to see like you transforming outside of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um And I just had to sit back and be like, Oh, she, she tricked me into, <laughs> She knew that if she challenged me, I would fight to prove her wrong. Yeah. And then I realized my best work had always been trying to fight and prove to somebody that I was good and supposed to be there. Yeah. And I had these like this really big moment for me where I was like, well, why do I always have to be proving to somebody else that I'm good and need to be here in order to make good work? Yeah. Like, why can't I just want that for myself instead of just trying to always prove myself? Mm. And that was the biggest moment for me, at least in first year. Probably the biggest relationship I have was, like, not trying to prove yourself. Yeah. Like, it's a great motivator. Mm. But there has to be something else in there besides just always being angry and fighting and being that little shit in the corner.
0: Yeah. Totally. You know? yeah. No, totally. Because I think that's such a big... I think... And do you think that was something prevalent for you because... Is sexuality the right...
1: I think it was really... It was tied a lot to my sexuality and my gender identity. Gender identity. That's I was, what I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. And I was still really coming to terms with my own gender identity yeah. at the time. Um which is why I was I had so aggressively auditioned as a woman. Yes, just yeah. to be like it was kind of my litmus test for all drama schools because I had some drama schools be like, that's not OK, you can't do that. Do you have a male speech? And then I was like, oh, I don't want to go here, actually. But the Lear was totally encouraging of it and wonderful about it, mm. um, which ultimately is why I came to the Lear instead of other institutions that I yeah got into. Um. Sorry, I've lost the train of thought. That's quite right. Just gone.
0: <laughs> that happens to me all the time. dude. Did you end up doing both pieces for Henry?
1: I did. I ended up doing both uh, pieces for her. And I remember after my Amelia, she was like, yeah, well, great. We knew you could do that already. Yeah, so yeah. nobody's impressed. Like We've seen that. We didn't learn yeah. anything from this because you've, we've seen that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I did
0: though so then what would be then for you like so these are kind of two questions that are back to back, so share off with what do you think is the for you was the best thing about drama training
1: okay, the best thing about drama training for me I think it was really movement, like the movement training we get earlier was the most, not the most helpful, it was just, it's where I had the most realizations. Yeah. I don't know, you have this environment in movement class, where you can kind of apply everything else you're learning in other classes and really think about them while you're moving. Mm. And it's just, for me, that movement studio is where I had the most action revelations.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just, like, even, like, small ones where I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, and for me, movement was so important because I came into the being, like, I'm a good mover. I've always done musical theater dancing. I know I can move well. But Sue was, like, that's not what we're going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going for who can be the prettiest mover. Yeah, and I was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> but I, I am the prettiest mover. And she was like, "I don't care." Yeah. <laughs> um, and she really broke that down. Like she really broke down my like want for everything to be beautiful and pretty. Yeah. Um, which was helpful to my entire acting training. Was just being like, "Hey, everything doesn't always have to be like beautiful, pretty, and perfect."
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: which I am a massive perfectionist. I don't think people often see it based on the way I present and the way I, <laughs> I look. I'm a huge perfectionist. And people who know me very well know that I am like anal, like I am yeah. like insane. So being in the movement studio, that's really where I learned that you could fail and you could be ugly and you could have this side that wasn't perfect and pristine and well presented.
0: Yeah. Cuz it's so messy in but, you
1: know, there. Exactly. So, it's messy so messy in there, like, yeah. Like I, before I went there I was like I don't even like sweating and moving <laughs> I like I would go to like my ballet bar classes and be like I'm not even going to sweat. <laughs> That's how perfect I am even though my ballet technique is weak, at least I I am perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> But then being in the Sue's class, you just have to
0: like, it just gets so gross so yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah. And you're in that
1: sticky room making weird shapes with your body, and it's like, oh, there's no room for perfection.
0: Yeah. I hate, I, one, of my, one of my least favorite things, but also one of my favorite things is when, in like you, you, the break, when we were doing Grotowski in physical theater, and you, you'd go for water in the fountain, and then you'd come back in, and you'd open the door, and you were just met by this wave of like sweat, and it was just so warm and like, you can literally see the fucking condensation on the mirrors, and you were like, nah. Like, this is horrible.
1: Nah, it is filthy. It is... It's, mm. We one time had to do a physical theater class in studio... No, studio. Rehearsal One. Ooh. Which has the Ooh. worst ventilation you've ever imagined. It's and it has that, in like, there. shitty soft rubber floor. No, so the walls, hell. the windows, and the floor were wet. Oh, fucking it was the worst I slipped I slipped on the floor
0: how's it going everyone so sorry to interrupt I hope you sincerely are enjoying the podcast Um, and I'm sorry to be cutting in but I just wanted to ask you all a quick favour alongside having already done me a massive favour by clicking on and listening to the podcast which once again we really appreciate what would be extra appreciated is if you would if you are listening on Apple Podcasts If you could maybe give us A cheeky 5 star rating um, And Maybe write a review A good review, preferably um, Bad reviews, they don't tend to really Help that much um, But if you were able to Leave, leave us a 5 star rating and write us a review It could really help stretch The the net That this podcast could, uh, could cast The podcast cast Um, So if you could find the time to do that, that would be really, really greatly um, appreciated. Um, So yes, I will not be taking up any more of your time. Once again, if you can, five seconds, five star rating, a good review, it would make the world of difference to this series. Um, And I would love you forever. Genuinely, I mean that. Um, So yes, enough out of me. Back to the show. What was the um? What was the hardest thing for you?
1: The hardest thing for me was administrative, and was tied a lot to my own mental health journey. Yeah. Breaking down all these walls of perfection and all these walls of like not knowing who I am, or basing my own identity in the way I presented versus the way I felt, mm. um, there were just a lot of issues, especially in second year. Mm. I struggled a lot with my mental health in second year. I have, I'm, I'm a very anxious person. I think it ties into that anal side of me. That's just very like specific. And I overthink a lot and I have panic attacks. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, at different times, sometimes a lot at a time, sometimes just like I go months and nothing happens. And in second year, I was, I was having panic attacks every day. Like I was, I was having panic attacks in class. I was having panic attacks at lunch. I was having panic attacks when I was trying to go to sleep. Um, which developed into insomnia, which made the panic attacks worse. And blah 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 blah. And. It was because i was i was really asking myself those those deep questions we ask ourselves i was really peeling back layers of myself being like let's look at who i am as a person and it was a lot all Mm -hmm. at once and once again ignited the whole like i'm gonna drop out because this isn't for me yeah and then i started in on um queer issues oh okay and a lot of my mental health has been tied to my identity like it's been a lot of Uh, struggle to find out who I really am, struggle to express myself to my friends and family without, you know, feeling shame and all those feelings and all that hootenanny. (laughs) 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 And so I started being more vocal about being queer, which I I had made a decision in my first year and a half just to not talk about it. I was like, I don't want to be treated differently. I don't want anything different. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm gender queer. Yeah. I'm not even gonna bring up being gay in person. I think we all know, I think we can all see that I am the homosexual in the room. <laughs> but I I'm not gonna bring it up. Yeah. But then after the school was like, you should be more vocal about your struggles, I started being very vocal about queer issues. I was in Louise Lowe's group and it was mm. it was a great time. I love devising, it's my favorite thing to do. Um At the time of devising, I was going through some family shit, like there was a death in the family, blah, 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 so I'm dealing with a lot of things. But within devising, we were asked, what do you want this show to be? And I was really adamant about representation Mm -hmm. because there is such a lack of queer representation in theatre, and especially in Irish theatre. I got here, and I just never saw queer identities on stage. Like, I just never saw them. I mean, if you look at the Abbey, there's only been one trans person ever at the Abbey and it was on the Peacock stage.
0: In Rathmines so, Road, wasn't it? R-
1: in R- Road. Rebecca Root, yeah. So I was like, their national theatre doesn't even really highlight queer issues. Or if they do, it's a tokenized character. Like I just, I wasn't seeing the representation, so I was very adamant about, like, the show has to have representation. The show needs to be... And it needs to be more than just like your traditional Irish white play. Totally. Yeah. White straight Irish play. And I would not back down the entire time. Mm. I was like, I don't care if ruins the play. I don't care. I I don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't care. Um which probably wasn't the, the best attitude to have. I probably should have been more, you know give and take and I think I was because I didn't even our show wasn't even gay at all there was only one line in our play about homosexuality and it was in a poem I gave at the end it was a very small line think about it if that makes sense but you were the first
0: no you're right but you were the first gender queer actor that the lyrics produced isn't that right
1: uh yes so that's like yes I am the yeah
0: and then and I think
1: I'm only the third openly no i probably am well even when i got to the Lear, there weren't a lot of people that were even queer at all
0: yeah
1: like there just weren't a whole lot of people in the year above me there was almost no queer representation if any that i know of Mm. so uh, there just aren't a lot of queer identities which is something i was surprised at when i got to drama school because i thought so many people would be gay (laughs) and they're not and maybe because i was in musical theater for too long and i was like everyone's gay yeah they're
0: not Mm. it was wild it was shocking and then so to to bring it back because there was something you said about um you know like you know lifestyle within the layer of you know you were saying but you know insomnia and all that in terms of Uh living with drama school because i always feel like that's something that is such a it's a really hard thing to do because of the hours we do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of in order to like taking care of yourself. Like what sort of, like, how did you balance the lifestyle of drama school? And like, what were the, if there are any tips you could give of like how to manage your time, like looking after yourself physically and mentally, like what are those, those steps? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I came in and eventually my perfectionist tendencies, I realized, were burning me out. And I couldn't sustain that. And it was becoming overwhelming for my anxiety, my insomnia, and all that business. And then my response to that initially was to just stop doing work. Oh, okay. And that, that also would be helpful. <laughs> because I figured everything works because then I was always behind and always stressed and always like doing things last minute. So I think the most valuable thing I can say, and you know, like the most valuable thing I learned about workload is you just have to listen to your body. Like you can only push yourself so far when you're doing work Mm. and when your body tells you it's tired or when your brain starts not being able to focus, maybe it's time, it's time to take a break.
0: Yeah.
1: Remembering that, it is good to strive for perfection, but the perfection is impossible to achieve. That's really, that's a thing I've had to grapple with a lot in my training. It's been like, we will never be perfect. Yes. Hillary says it a lot. Uh, even your last day of show, you'll get off stage and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I really, I could have done more. I, yeah. there's, I, I missed so much. But you're always going to miss so much. Mm. There's, you're, you're never going to get it perfect. And it's good to try to want to be the best you can be in that play. But you have to take that time for yourself. And you have to have a life outside the mm. Yeah, You really do, I think. I think that's really easy to say because we have no time and people work jobs and all that business. But you have to have a life outside the leer, And I think it is equally as important to have a creative outlet outside the layer
0: yeah
1: i think if you put all your eggs in the basket of just acting you're missing out on really cultivating your own artistic voice yes because i learned so much about my own acting just through like my other artistic mediums yeah and just about like my own expression what i want to express and what i want to give to the world in the art that i want to make yeah And that's been really good for my mental health because it also whenever i'm doing something creative that isn't acting i I still feel productive and i still feel like i'm striving towards something yes but it's way more passive and it's way more like meditative and and
0: yeah
1: because it's just for you it's not for the institution for you
0: yeah absolutely because i like i like i love writing and i remember before i was like um i always felt guilty about writing when i was in like you know up in 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 school like in term time because i was like oh should i be reading a play or should i be like you know should i be you know should i be trying to learn how to act better but i was like it's actually so important to do something because like they always talk about having a hobby outside of the school or like having but i feel like it's all as you like you're dead right and i think you're the first person to say it as well like creatively because i think we're all such creative people in there. And, like, you know, you talk to anybody and they've all got, like, you know, a hidden portfolio of drawings somewhere or, like, you know, like a play that they're writing or, you know, like, they've all got stuff, other stuff going on that you... For me, anyway, You I always felt a bit bit guilty about doing it because it's, like, but should I be focusing artistically entirely on acting because it's what I'm here to do? But, yeah, and I, I agree completely. Like, I mean, writing you know like if i if i write if i start writing anything it's like meditative meditative almost it's not like i'm like working or like doing something that's like oh this is the most important thing i'm doing but it's like it actually kind of relaxes me and it chills me out you know which is um exactly it's it's so important to do um and yeah like so so this is another kind of question that i feel like you kind of touched on there and you answered it but i you might have something else to say as well but so say time travel exists right and yeah. say that you were able to travel back in time to the uh-huh. 17th September 2017 and wish was coming up the road or coming across the road from your from your accommodation and you you could stop him and like wave your abs and give him one piece of advice. What would you say to him?
1: Uh, just go ahead and stop giving a fuck about what other people think of you. Yeah. Just like, stop it now.
0: <laughs>
1: right, right here, right now. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. Don't. Don't be concerned with what other people think of your acting. Don't be concerned with what other people think about the way you look or the way you present or how feminine or masculine you are. Just all of it. It doesn't matter how other people perceive you. Mm. It just really doesn't. At the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I think it's really easy to always want to, like, have people like you and to always want these people that we're working with to be impressed by you. But, like they have to like you and be impressed by you, by who you really are and your authentic self. Yeah. And that sounds very like hippy-dippy, like you have to be yourself. No, it's on. But like, at the end of the day, I don't want to work with people just because they liked some performance of myself that I was giving. Yeah. Like, I want them to want to work with me because they're interested in me as a person, what I have to say as a person.
0: Yeah. Totally. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel the exact same way like I think people talk about networking and like networking freaks the fuck out of me because I'm like I'm such a I'm such a bizarre human being like I, I can't do like the professional like I'm, I'm just you know so I'm like a networking for me will be a fun road to, to travel down but I think yeah you're spot on because there's you know you're not going to get the best out of it if you're just put, putting on a like putting on a performance of yourself you know, because you. Oh yeah. The whole the whole point of drama is good is literally to find your own truth, so you could start telling other people's truths. Do you know what I mean? That's literally, that's literally. Exactly. What it is. But um, yeah. Oh, the other two questions I had, which was the um, where were you when you got the call, and did you consider dropping out? You both answered really early on, so like, so like the the way the interview ends is like how it's already ended. So um, <laughs> but thank you so much man for coming on really really lovely chatting to you really appreciate it okay.
1: of course
0: anytime and there you have it for another week that is me Dara Feely signing off on the Drama Graduate Podcast thanks very much to Wit Tarantino for coming on and having an old chat with me always great to chat to him and um, yeah if you enjoyed the podcast as ever Apple Podcast like share five star rating review whatever you can do humongously humongously appreciate it he says Um, and thank you very much for clicking on and listening it means a lot so thank you very much and we'll see you again next time